Welcome to Avatar with Academics. I am Sam Mulberry, and I have never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it. Annie, today we are up to Book One Water, Chapter Nine, The Waterbending Scroll. Ooh, feels like uh, we're going to get some stuff answered from the last one. Yeah, it feels like we're going to get into water a little bit here, yeah. <laughs> uh, which which we, we kind of haven't had. Um, and we're also, with, with this week's episodes, we're going to reach the midway point of this season. So it really is kind of flying by. True. Right. Just like Appa. That's right. And so speaking of flying by, uh, the episode starts uh, with our gang flying on Appa over this sort of like fog swept peaks. It's actually a very pretty shot. Yeah. I, You know, this week I was just looking at kind of how beautiful this mm-hmm. show is. Like there's a lot like the the foreground animation is really crisp and the background is often like really soft in a nice kind of like it's 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 like a watercolor painting. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice, and I I'd love to know a little bit more about kind of how they do the animation for it because it there were just there were moments where I thought this is actually this is uh, quite beautiful. Mm. So uh, as they're flying on Appa, we see again our uh, the character I think we introduced last week, anxious Ang. Yes, right, still and, there, and he's nervously pacing. On Appa, right? He's riding on Appa's back, uh, and he's pacing. Now, what's interesting is Sokka is driving. I don't know if driving's the right word, but oh yeah, and I don't remember Steering. if we've seen that yet, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so, except for at the start when he was trying to get yip yip or right, yeah, right, right. Um, so I mean, that is that's, I think a um, little foreshadowing of what we're going to see in these episodes, right? Yeah. That these are going to be, uh, we're going to see Sokka. Playing some, being a little bit more responsible or taking on responsibilities that we don't always see him take in these episodes. Sure. Um, so Aang is nervous. He's saying, you know, I'm supposed to master all four elements before the comet arrives. Yeah. Forgot that the last episode ended with uh, <laughs> kind of just an intense tone. Yeah. Yeah. And and the 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 deadline for the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and <laughs> Sokka says, well, you've mastered airbending. That only took 112 <laughs> years. I'm sure you can master three more elements by next summer. <laughs> you know, and so he says sad. it both sarcastically, but also kind of encouragingly. It seemed like he was trying to be helpful. Yeah. Just really bad at it, like usual. Now, here's a line I thought was interesting. Ang said, I haven't even started waterbending and we're weeks away from the North Pole. Uh, you picked up last week the first time that they were actually talking about time and how long, how much time has passed. So this is finally answering the question I had of like, how yeah. long does it take to get there? And so maybe they actually have been going a pretty direct route. It's just this takes a long time. Yeah, I was going to say this directly answered your last question from the last episode yeah. of like, who are, are they going to be at the North Pole? Is the rest of the series about the North Pole? So clearly not. Yeah. Um, so now I'm, I'm I'm editing my prediction and saying <laughs> maybe this season, maybe like uh, it's only 19 and 20 that are at the North Pole. Mm. I just don't know how much they're going to fast forward at this point. Um, uh, now, Katara, this is something else I think we brought up last week. Uh, Katara offers to teach Aang some of the waterbending she knows. Right. Yeah. You were like, maybe Katara could do that. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. there we go. So I feel very, I feel very uh, <laughs> like a prophet right now. Um, so she says, we need to find a good source of water first. And, and Sokka kind of dismissive of the, uh, of the waterbending. And I think, you know, a theme here that, that we'll see in this episode is, you know, now Aang and Katara are training, yeah. right? And they're training as waterbenders. They're training as benders. And this is something that Sokka can't do. Yeah. Or at least I, appears he can't do. I think it, as somebody who, I mean, another theme in these two episodes this week is like Sokka wanting to be a leader. And I think 
it's probably really hard on his ego that he can't bend either. So he does dismiss it a lot. Yeah. Whenever they're talking about it, he's like, oh, you have to go do that thing, even though he knows that it's necessary to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he says, uh, maybe we can find you a puddle of water to splash around in. Right. 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 Uh, and then it cuts to the puddle of water they find, which is this lake at the foot of this huge waterfall. Mm-hmm. And we see this sort of pan across their faces and Sokka, or excuse me, Katara and Aang have this like goofy, wide-eyed grin staring up at this uh, in wonder. And we see a- Appa kind of like splash down in the water and roll over and just sort of float and, there. Oh, and he makes this huge wave and it, it gets onto Momo and it, it's so cute. They're so happy. <laughs> Momo's not, but you know. Uh, so we see Aang stripped down to get ready to swim. <laughs> Into like his undies. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a kid, right? Yeah, and he's confident. It's yeah, Aang. He's yeah. like, ah, no one cares. Uh, and uh, Katara reminds him, did you already forget why we're here? We're not here to... St- we're. I mean, Sokka said splash around in the water, but that's not why we're here. We're here to learn. Uh, we're here to learn to water Which, bend. Like, look, I get it, but a little bit of a buzzkill, right? Or, yeah. 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 Killjoy. That's yeah. what I mean. Well, she's she's laying the groundwork for uh, what we're going to see from Katara this episode, right? Right. Um, she wants she wants water bending to be taken seriously. She wants to be taken seriously yeah. as a water bender. Um. So Sokka's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And uh, Ang suggests that he could clean the gunk out of Appa's toes <laughs> with this and... like branch that looks like just a massive Q-tip. Yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, mud and bugs. That's what you need to take <laughs> out. Now, what's interesting is Sokka's response eventually is just like, okay, yeah, like, I guess. So of all the things he could do, he actually is sort of taking direction from them. So uh, it's showing respect for Appa. And maybe this is something clearly Appa needs, you know, like, and I I think about um, uh, last week we talked about uh, Appa as the Millennium Falcon. And like, (laughs) this is when they have to go like, like work on the Falcon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we cut from there to Zuko's ship and we see Zuko sparring with someone, uh, not with Iroh, but with with some someone else. And I yeah. can't remember. Is that person a firebender as well, or oh, I don't remember they just either. Sparring? Just evading. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he notices that the ship is starting to change course, and he demands to know why. He is so dramatic. He's like he storms up into the um to the to the captain of the ship. The well, bridge. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "What's the meaning of this mutiny? Like, really? It's like who knows what could be happening? And well, I guess he'll figure out. It's it's." It's pretty ridiculous. But. Right, right. Um, and Iroh says, well, it was on his command. Mm. Uh, and he he's playing a some sort of board game right. of some kind. Yes, it's called uh, Pie Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and warning to people who are watching along with us and, and, and haven't seen future episodes. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a real game. So I did a search for, for Pie Show. And the first thing I saw were images of like actual Pie Show boards. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is like an old game. And then I started to read a description of it, and it started to describe things from the world of Avatar. And then I, uh, I clicked on the the uh, entry for this in the Avatar fan wiki and quickly got out of there because <laughs> I realized it was a very long entry. Yeah. So either fans have built up a mythology around this, or as I suspected, this is going to be a metaphor for something, or this is right. going to somehow mean something more. Because uh, I wrote down what what Iroh says because. It's uh, it's very interesting. So he says he's, uh, he, it's a matter of great importance, utmost importance that they have to go because uh, he says he's lost his lotus tile for this game. Yeah. Um, I- and and then he says most people think the lotus tile insignificant, 
but it's essential for the unusual strategy that I employ. And then Zuko's upset and he says, most people underestimate its value. There's that word underestimate again. Um, And that just seems like it's loaded with, you know, this – because the game doesn't – the Lotus Tile comes back at the end of the episode as like a stinger at the end of the episode. But the game doesn't. But like I – there's got to be something about our friend the Dragon of the West and like the – the way he approaches life or battle or strategy or something, yeah. I feel like we're going to come back to this. Yeah. I, I looked up a little bit about Lotus as a symbol. And so, um, have you, I mean, like, lotuses are beautiful, right? And mm-hmm. they're like in ponds that are surrounded by dirt. So, um, the idea is like they're grown out of mud, but they're still bright and beautiful. And there's even, so there was a, a quote from a, the, a Confucian scholar in the Song Dynasty in China that said, I I love the lotus because while growing from the mud, it is unstained. And like in Korea, when I lived there, like you would go to temples, the Buddhist temples, you would go to gardens and they're like lotus flowers are everywhere. Like they're beautiful and, um, and bright. And they have this like core to them. That's really, um, distinct from the rest of the petals. Anyway, it just felt like that seems like a lot of Iroh. It Mm -hmm. is like beauty from, from mud mm-hmm. <laughs> and refining uh i don't know we'll yeah, see. i mean yeah. maybe i'm reading into it but i also just think lotuses are cool so. yeah yeah no and i and it definitely feels when you get to the end of this episode you're like this could be like a weird thing that's just pushing them to this so they end up in the same place as our gang but it feels like they're we're gonna the thing about this the unusual strategy i employ and underestimating i'm like there's got to be something more to Mm -hmm. this so i have a feeling that's coming back um now zuko's really upset and we see him do something i don't think i've ever seen him do before which is he like breathes fire up to the ceiling (laughs) i'm like i didn't know he had that power yeah like was he that angry that it's like yeah. I mean, he didn't seem that upset. But, I mean, he did at first. Yeah. But then once it was Iroh's decision, he kind of backed down a little bit. But it's it's not- notable that he doesn't do that to Iroh. It's just sort of like pounding the table out of frustration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and going to your room and yelling yeah, when you're a kid. Exactly. And Iroh's just like, I'm glad I have such an understanding nephew. Because <laughs> he says, I just want to go to the mer- see the merchants in this port. It'll just take 10 minutes. Which like, oh, I'm sure Zuko's like, great. 10 minutes to you could mean anything. Right, right. <laughs> Right. We Falling have, asleep in the, the tub or whatever happened last time. Uh, we have this joke in our family about when somebody says, oh, can you help me with this? It'll just take five minutes. And it's like, well, that's my day. Like, yeah. I know that that's the rest <laughs> of my day is this thing that's just going to take five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cut back to the lake and we see Sokka riding. Uh, Appa's on his back and Sokka's sort of riding on Appa, uh, cleaning out his toes. And Appa looks very pleased with this. <laughs> yes. And ca- kind of like almost purrs. Right. It reminds me of my cats. <laughs> right. And Sokka's like, don't get too happy. You have to do me next. <laughs> which is which is a, a pretty good line from uh, from Sokka. So then we see Katara teaching Aang to waterbend. Mm-hmm. So he does the first move that she teaches in the sort of pushing and pulling the water he does it easily, right? And much bigger, much more successful, it seemed. Right, right. But he, but he, but this one, it's more just like he was able to do it. And Katara's like, "Oh, you, you did it." Um, and she says, "Wow, that, that took me two months to learn." <laughs> and Ang, I, I think Ang actually does a nice job here. He says, "Well, you know, you had to figure it out on your own. I'm lucky enough to have such a great teacher." Yeah, you know, he's so, really appreciative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. So then she shows in the second move, which she says, "I call it streaming the water," which makes me wonder. Like is this 
something she invented? Is this like a because yeah. like does she who taught her? Right, because she was the only one in her. In right, her right. So community. so so some of these moves, like I'm just I'm just trying to figure out like are these things she's coming up with, or are, is there some tradition that's passed down yeah. to her? Um, so she's do, does streaming the water, and she's like, you know, this is this is hard. This might take a little bit, and then. Um, as she's talking mid sentence, right, right? It sort of pulls back, and we see that Aang is doing it and doing it with uh, with what the folks in the Renaissance might call sprezzatura, right? Oh, yeah, right, like with this kind of ease and this kind of effortlessness, um, effortless style to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and Katara's like, good. I think the uh, over the head flare was a little unnecessary, so because he's just like making the water dance at this point. Oh yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's out of I don't think he's trying to show off. Like, we've no. seen Aang show off. This is not that. I think he's really enjoying it. Yeah, I think he's excited about, oh, I can manipulate this and let's see what I, let's see what we can do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so then there's the third move and she says, I haven't totally figured it out yet. And the move is to create this big, powerful wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aang is able to do it and she's just like, she doesn't think he should be able to yet and he makes this... What turns out to be a huge wave. Tidal wave. <laughs> right. Uh, which washes out Appa and Sokka. And uh, you can see that Katara is not happy that Aang is such a natural at this. Which is funny because he's the there's only one avatar. Right. So, of course, he's going to be good at things when he tries because he's this reincarnated soul hundreds of times over of the most powerful being in the world who brings balance to these elements. Like It's like she loses sight of that. Yeah. And she becomes just this episode. She's just going to be very competitive with Aang about this because it sort of reminds me of uh, I don't know if the high school you went to was small. I went to a really small high mm-hmm. school, and it's like when you go to college. If you went to a really small high school, and you're like in high school, like I was pretty <laughs> smart. Like I was, you know. And then you get to college, and you realize, oh, there's all kinds of people here who yeah. are way more talented and way smarter than I am, and can do way more things than I can do. And it's like Katara. It's kind of encountering that with Aang. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's doing something to her identity or yeah, how she sees herself. She's always been special, right? <laughs> like she's always been the waterbender, right? Because she doesn't know other waterbenders, and yeah. now she's she's met this person who is a pretty powerful airbender, and all of a sudden he's already better at the thing that makes her special, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and she's probably struggling internally with, well, I know he needs to do this. I know this is important for the world, and yet. It's, right. it's about her a little bit too. Well, I mean, it really, we, we talk in the, the course we teach uh, when we read Plato, right? We talk about like the, Plato talks about the different parts of the soul and mm-hmm. right, like her reason would say, this is a victory. This is great. But like her, her Emotion. thumos, the part yeah. that, that, that want, that craves honor yeah. is like, mm, but this is supposed to be mine. Right. And so this episode is a lot about that specific conflict. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and one of the results of this big wave is it washes all their supplies down the river. <laughs> um, so, Ang, so then Ang's like, "Well, we let's go to this town and see if they can, if they have. I'm sure we can get the supplies we need." And Sokka is like, "Another dig at bending." He's like, "My life was hard enough when you were just an airbender. Right, now you're in water too." <laughs> right. Uh, so we cut to the port village. Um, and we and haven't seen something like this yet. No, I mean, we've seen like pastoral kind of scenes and like smaller villages and towns but and then we've seen like amashu like yeah. a big city but this is like uh a, trading a port. commercial center mm. yeah yeah i mean it, it is it is important all we really see of this this village is the the trading posts I, yeah. you know if there's other people there and stuff we really don't see it um 
So they go to this uh, this trading post, and uh, they're looking for supplies. Mm-hmm. And and Sokka's like, we just have a couple pieces of copper left from Boomy, um, so spend it wisely. And Aang announces that, well, because uh, Sokka had said they have three pieces. Like, actually, we only have two because I couldn't <laughs> yeah. turn down this uh, this bison whistle, right? So it's a little bison-shaped whistle, which he blows on, and it appears to make no sound at yeah, all. Yeah, like not even Momo's phased by it. <laughs> right. And and Katara's like, maybe you should let me handle the money from here. So we're seeing – this is, again, one of those moments where Aang shows his youth. Yeah. Right? Well, also, we're seeing a little bit of, like, Katara maybe wanting some control too, mm-hmm. especially after the last scene. Right. I mean, you pointed out that both these episodes are about leadership and who's the leader. Yeah. Right. And co- t- controlling the purse strings is 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 one way, you know, to uh, t- to be the leader here. Mm-hmm. Um. So they're they're walking by and uh they're walking around this village and they walk by this what appears to be a merchant ship yeah. of some kind. It had like red masts on it, so I was thinking about the colors and like, is it maybe a, a Fire Nation ship? Right. Uh, and if it is, it's an old one because the Fire Nation ships are these big metal coal-powered right. things. This is a, this has sails and things like this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and you hear this voice of almost like a Carnival Barker-esque uh, character <laughs> says, Earth Nation, Fire Nation, Water Nation, so long as bargains are your inclination, you're welcome here. Yeah, he has right? this little script to memorize. Yep, and he's trying to sort of um, welcome them in. And now he says an interesting thing, which we talked about last week. He says, I can see from your clothing that you are world traveling types. For the first time, somebody's pointing out, <laughs> these people look different than everyone else around them. So it actually makes me feel seen that, yeah. <laughs> that at least he's like, yeah, there's something about you guys. Yeah. You stand out here. Um, and maybe it's that because he's clearly from this ship that's in port that he's seen. He's a world traveling type sure. himself, too. He's seen uh, more of the world. Uh, and he offers to sell them uh, some exotic curios. And Ang's <laughs> like, sure, what's a curio? He's like, I should probably find that out, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're just sort of rare, curious little objects is what a, uh, what a curio mm-hmm, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they go inside to the ship. And what, the first thing we see is Katara staring at this weird, like, ruby-eyed and ruby necklace kind of, like, smiling monkey it's, statue it's thing. It's like they're both staring into each other's souls. <laughs> Right, and it's it's hideous, but and eerie. Yeah, but but so she's staring at that, and the other folks are kind of the others are kind of looking around. Yeah, yeah, shopping. different things in the ship, and the leader of the merchants, we hear his voice out of the darkness, uh, offers to buy Momo. Yes, and he steps out, and he looks an awful lot like a pirate captain. He's, right, he's even has this um, parrot-like creature on his shoulder, yeah. which we're going to learn is a reptile bird <laughs> right? of some kind. Uh, yeah, and he he. Very menacing person as he's coming out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. And even the idea of like, oh, I would love to buy that animal from you and resell it. You know, like it would make a killing. Yeah. And yeah. Aang, Aang like is protective and Momo is hissing like no one's happy with the presence of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's like the the uh, temperature of the room changes. Yeah. Like he offended them in. right away. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> as they're looking through stuff, Katara pulls out this scroll, this scroll. And as she looks at it, it's, it's images of of waterbending, mm-hmm. right? And like the different steps in doing these waterbending um, water motions. Yeah. And some of them looked like some of the things she was doing before. Now, the the pirate um, captain guy uh, mentions, he says, or Katara asks like where he got it. And he says, well, let's just say I got it up north. 
at a most reasonable price free right which makes me wonder like why is he admitting this <laughs> my thought was, my thought was like maybe it's just because they're a bunch of kids like he's like eh, whatever he's sh- also he's trying to like show off to them <laughs> no that could that be more sad <laughs> no i think he's just like unfazed by them you oh know? Like, okay yeah <laughs> sure 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 like they are obviously people who uh, these like pirates I mean, they're violent they yeah they, they do what they want these are kids in their store like they have no reason to fear. They can just be honest. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It just. I it, mean, it seemed like a weird. Yeah. It, 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 thing it, to admit. It, because because it, it's one thing if he just stopped that at a most reasonable price and then says free. I, this also <laughs> may be because it's a kids show, so they wanted to make the kids know for sure <laughs> we is, stole this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, and Sokka Sokka's like, wait a minute, sea loving traders with suspiciously acquired merchandise and pet reptile birds. You guys are pirates. Another thing of like, kids, it's pirates. Yeah, so we actually see Saga doing the math on that. <laughs> and uh, and, one of, and the, the carnival barker pirate is like, we prefer to think of ourselves as high-risk traders, which mm. is a great joke. That's a, that's a very funny joke. <laughs> um, and, and Katara asks, you know, how much for this? And she kind of does air quotes with her language, right? Yeah. How much for this traded scroll? Yeah, she's, she's like, very cold to them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he says, well, I already have a buyer, a nobleman in the Earth Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he says, "If you, unless you have 200 pieces of gold, I'll, if you do, I'll sell it to you right now. So then we see Aang try to bargain with his <laughs> he, like, uh, coppers. He, like, pulls aside Katara and he's like, I got this. I know how to bargain. And it's... it. Is so classic, like self assured Aang, Aang as the leader. Like, I know I'm worldly. I know I'm the avatar. And then he like adopts this terrible pirate right. accent <laughs> um, and uh, tries to bargain with two pieces of copper. Doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know about the monetary exchange rates, but I think two pieces of copper doesn't add up to yeah, 20, 200 pieces of gold. Feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then all of a sudden, Katara seems in an awful hurry to get out of there. Yeah. It's like she She's really antsy. Yeah, she already seems cold to to the 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 pirates, but now it's just like we we got to get out of here. Right. Um which seems a little unexplained at first. Um so we see them leaving the ship and both Sokka and Aang wanted to keep looking around, right? Yeah. I mean Sokka's like, "Oh, I was just starting to look at the boomerangs and yeah, and it's and um but Katara's like, "I just feel like we better get out of here at once." And then yeah, and then as they're walking away, you hear yelling from the ship. And uh, the the whole crew, like not just the two guys, but there's just a, a bunch of pirates now jumping mm-hmm. down. Different. I think swords. everyone but the captain. It seems like I don't yeah. think the captain's down, but but yeah, they and they they have their weapons out, and it's clear. Okay, this is this is something not good is about to happen. Yeah, I noticed that they were wearing like a mix of the different nation colors too, mm-hmm. which was like either they're from that, and it's like a ragtag crew from around the world, or, or they high risk traded for some of that. Right, stuff. because it's like. It's only the Water Nation pans, and it looks like there's a different combination. So right, interesting, right. I thought. Or they're fashion forward. Maybe, well, yeah, maybe. You know, like, yeah. You know, why you don't need to be roped into one nation, right? I guess I don't know the styles of this world, so that's, who knows? That's right. Um, so this then kicks off a chase th- scene throughout the city markets. Uh, we see as they run by this one window, Katara water bends. <laughs> like water out and it seems to freeze yeah which we've seen her do before yeah um it she doesn't talk about it but clearly she has the ability to freeze the water too yeah because then the pirates went and slipped on it right so so that takes out some of the pirates uh and then we see them 
kind of blow past or blow through a cabbage merchant. So we the cabbage merchant, the cabbage merchant. Yep. Uh, so we and we've seen this before. And Ang, after he gets by, he turns around and like air bends this big kind of bolt of air, which knocks over the the cabbage cart and takes out the pirates chasing them. And we get another my cabbages. <laughs> Uh, and he says, this place is worse than a mashu. So we, this is when we know for sure, same cabbage vendor. If you're like yes. me and don't know, remember what he looks like, you're like, okay. So this is the same guy still just trying to I sell his cabbages. I love that he's keeping pace with the with That's Appa. right. So maybe they're not going as fast as they could. <laughs> Dilly maybe they're, if, they're dawdling a little. like the cabbage guy with his huge cart is like. Yeah, somehow traversing the world. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe he has an animal guide too, though. Oh, true. I wonder what it would be. <laughs> I don't know. What eats cabbages? Rabbits? Maybe he's got a giant magic rabbit. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I want to watch that show. Spinoff. All right. Um, <clears throat> so we find the gang cornered. And Aang airbends like a like a sandstorm. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then flies up with his, uh, with his glider. And Katara and Aang hold on to his legs, and they sort of kick off the pirates and fly away. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, we're still in the world of undefeated Aang, like, just sort of – it's like he forgets who he is. And then it's like, oh, wait, I'm the most powerful being in the <laughs> yeah. world, so let's just fly away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I appreciate it because the show would be boring if he remembered all the time. Oh, yeah. But it's like when it, whenever he's in a corner – He's gonna he's gonna find a way out. Yeah, fully. Yeah. And and almost and like not only does he find a way out, but it's like he easily finds a way out. Right. Other than with Boomy and some of his psychological wrestling, like Aang is Aang knows his way around a conflict. Yeah, and I also feel like maybe he kinda likes Chase's scenes himself. Yeah, I think <laughs> there definitely is a, <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we find ourselves uh back by the lake. And Ang says, uh, I used to kind of look up to pirates, but those guys are terrible, <laughs> which is a funny line. I know. I love it. But then Katara is like, I know. And that's why I took this. And she grabs out the waterbending scroll, like why they were running after her. Which is so out of character right. for Katara. She's a, she is a rule follower. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, it, yeah. And I, she's like the responsible one, right? Yeah. She was the one who before is like, maybe I should take care of the money. That is a, a statement of like, I'm responsible. I'm not going to put people in danger, mm-hmm. right? Um, because that's what we talked about on Kyoshi, right? She was like, you know, it's dangerous for us to be here, for us to stay here. Yeah. Now she's doing things that are putting them in danger. And it's not... Uh, lost by Sokka. Sokka says, you stole the waterbending scroll. You, actually, says you, she, he says, you stole their waterbending scroll, Katara. Mm-hmm. And Katara says, I prefer to think of it as high-risk trading. <laughs> and he's like, they stole it from a waterbender. It's not theirs. Right. But Sokka says, it doesn't matter. You put our lives in danger just co- so you could learn some fancy splashes. Yeah, again, being dismissive, Sokka. But in like her actions... To me, seemed very Sokka like. I could see Sokka stealing a scroll. Yeah, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Or well, it wouldn't have been a scroll. It would have been a, some kind of weapon or something like that. Yeah, certainly. And so it's like, I was. I don't know. I, he Sokka has his own insecurities. It seems right now. Um, but, but yeah. So he dismisses, and then Katara is like, "These are real waterbending forms. This is why we're here. Aang needs to learn it. I'm doing it for the team. Like I did it for the team." Yeah, and it's really interesting. Uh, as we go forward in this episode, that her, her explanation is, I did this for Aang because Aang <laughs> needs to learn this. Yeah. Right? Uh, so now we're back at the market. And it turns out that uh, Zuko and Iroh are in this same port city. 
You know, I, how does Iroh always end up diverting and then finding? He's, and it, it's and, and he does it in such a calm way. Yeah, it's it's it. Nothing seems accidental that he does. No, even when he gets captured, it seems like oh, I know what I'm doing. The guy is never in a rush either. Yeah, so this makes me think. Again, he. I don't know if he has some some way to sort of sense where things are going, but but for it seems like this trip to the market was not just for the lotus tile. Agreed. Yeah, and yeah, and it makes me wonder, like, why? How <laughs> is he just killing time? I don't know. Yeah, and and so what's interesting is so they they've clearly been and talked with all the merchants, and I was like, I still can't find the lotus tile. Now this also made me think, like. What board game do you play where you go and like try to buy like a specific piece for it? Yeah. It was confusing. Like and he was so certain that they would have it. Yeah, yeah. I I maybe the, in this world, I don't know. I I and I don't know how like prevalent this game is and is it is it like a deck building game where oh, you can actually yeah. buy different pieces? I don't know, but he definitely needed this. Uh, and Zuko says, well, it's good to know that this trip was a complete waste of time for everyone. So not only did we waste time, we came here and we didn't even get anything. Right. And then we get some, some great, uh, Iroh. He says, quite to the contrary. I always say the only thing better than finding what you're looking for is finding something you weren't looking for at a great bargain. He's a thrifter. I love Iroh the Bargain Hunter. I would watch that show too. What if they just did like 10-minute episodes where he went to flea markets and was like, look at the cool thing I found. That would be amazing. I would definitely watch that. Me too, because he'd be so chill about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, oh, it's not a great price? Oh, Oh, well. And as we'll see, you know, he sees possibilities in things, right? He sees things, he's like, that, you know where that could go. Oh, yeah. Uh, So we then see the the other Fire Nation soldiers kind of march by with the stuff that he bought. And it's a ton of stuff. It's a ton of stuff. It's a little parade that they got. And Zuko's like, a sungi horn? (laughs) Why did you buy that? (laughs) To which Iroh responds. It's for music night. (laughs) <laughs> on the like, ship. Yeah. He's like, maybe we can find some woodwinds. <laughs> and right. Like, that's his grand plan. It's crazy, though, because it also makes me think, like, you know, we see Zuko's ship as this, like, military vessel out hunting for the Avatar. But clearly they have music night, too. I want to go to that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like it'd be fun. There might be some cruise ship elements here. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Is there an all-inclusive buffet? <laughs> Steam rooms. Yeah, I was going to say. Iroh would like steam is rooms. Is Iroh like making little <laughs> steam rooms on his own? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it like I love moments like this because it is just like, oh, there's other stuff that goes on here, which also makes me feel like, oh, I'd love to just watch a like below decks show about like what happens in the Fire Nation. Yeah, ship. Like they... a comedy about life on a Fire Nation ship. Right. Like could they just have a filler episode for us? Cruise yes. ship with Iroh. Oh. Bargain hunting with Iroh. <laughs> Dude, Iroh needs a network at this point. He does. <laughs> oh. Okay, so then um, uh, oh, Iroh sees the, the, sees the pirate yeah. ship and he's like, well, that looks promising. That's a place we haven't gone yet. <laughs> so then we cut to inside of the ship and we see Iroh looking at the same ruby monkey statue. And he loves it. <laughs> yeah, he says, this looks handsome. Wouldn't it look magnificent in the galley? So again, he sees this thing and sees possibilities. He's uh. like... Yeah, this would decorate the galley, which is where they eat, and maybe they do music night there. I don't know if they do that above deck in the galley. Who knows? But he's, Iroh's a dreamer. He's he's beautifying the ship. Yeah, you know, yeah, interior he design, art. Yeah, art and culture. And as they're talking about this, um, we hear 
we overhear, or Zuko overhears the pirates talking, the pirates who went out on the chase. And we hear him say, uh, you know, we lost that water tribe girl and the little bald monk that was with her. <laughs> I love that description of Aang. <laughs> and, and Zuko's ears sort of prick up and he says, by any chance did he have an arrow on his head? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so again, Iroh has accidentally got us to where we needed to be. Yeah. I wonder if two... Sometimes I think about, like, are the creators making jabs at themselves a little bit in some of these things? Like, is there an arrow on his head? Like, oh, right. such a ridiculous thing that would anyone would know that that's Aang, right? Like, he can't hide right. himself well. Right. How many bald monks are left? Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Do we need... It's, it's, like, it's like when you play 20 questions and you've already got it figured out, but you ask one more question and yeah. it's like... Just to be yeah, certain. Yeah. I think you know who it is. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, and then cut back to the lake and we see Katara and Aang practicing the moves on the water scroll. Or should I say Katara practicing the moves yep. while Aang sits there holding the scroll for her to watch. And she just keeps being like, I just want to try this one. Like just one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this is getting to a, a theme that I think is pretty powerful here, which is the hold that this scroll has on Katara. Right. And here I want to, I want to bring up, uh, Lord of the Rings, mm. that there is definitely, to a much smaller scale, a degree to which you can think about this scroll working on Katara like the ring works on people in that story. Mm-hmm. That it's just, she, I mean, she treats it like it's her precious, right? She's like, yes, we got this for Aang, but you notice she's like, but I'm the one who's using it. And just let me keep yeah. using it just a little bit more, just a little bit more, right? That this, the possibilities of this has a hold on her. And that's why I think something like Lord of the Rings is so powerful is because obviously a ring like that doesn't exist in the real world. But we all have things in our life, uh, oftentimes objects even, that have this particular hold over us. It makes us into a different person. Right. This is so very – it's it's she's so un-Katara, but it's so very real. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really really powerful thing in this episode. Yeah. You see Katara struggling with Katara, like these Mm -hmm. two versions of herself that is – yeah, reminded me of Gollum, Smeagol kind of thing. Absolutely, right? Uh, So she's practicing this move called the single water whip, and she tries it and she hits herself, and Sokka laughs and – Sort of like, well, you sort of deserve it. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and he says to Aang, uh, you've been duped. She's only interested in teaching herself. Where she was like, oh, I, I stole the scroll for you, Aang. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and, and that the whole point of stopping here was to train Aang. And now we're sitting watching Katara practice these moves. And Aang just basically being a music stand for her to, to put the scroll on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and she's like, Aang, Aang will get his turn once I finish this, like once again, saying like after that, after yeah. my turn, he can go. Once I figure out the water whip, which she might as well say once I master this scroll. Right. right? Once I learn all of it, then he can do it. Uh, and it's, you know, and this is also her insecurity saying like, I need to do this before Aang because if Aang tries it, he'll do it great right away. And then mm. then I don't need to learn it because he's already learned it. And maybe she doesn't need to teach him anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so what we see is she tries it again. <clears throat> this time she hits Momo. Like hard and Momo yeah. screeches. Yeah. I felt so bad. And then Aang, after just sort of watching her, gives it a try. And guess what he does? He perfectly does the water whip. <laughs> oh, and then he, oh, I think it was out of innocence. I think he really wanted to help her. Because he, he, I really do think he thinks we're, we're training together. Let's yeah. teach each other. And he just keeps misstepping with with the moodiness of Katara. And he's like, 
trying to teach her, trying to give her advice, and she is not having it. Yeah, she says, will you please shut your air hole? <laughs> Believe it <laughs> or not, great. your infinite wisdom gets a little old sometimes. Why don't you? Why don't we just throw the scroll away since you're already so naturally gifted? Mm-hmm. So again, this this reminds me of sort of moments. Uh, again, I'm going to keep going back to Lord of the Rings, where like somebody gets confronted about their the their obsession with it, and it's like they actually snap into like a different, almost like a different actor at that moment. You yeah. know, like when Bilbo reaches out for the ring when um when Frodo's wearing it, and it's like they had to like animate his face a little bit because it's like he turns into almost like this monster. Yeah, because that is like. That's not Katara. Yeah. And interestingly, she catches it because she sees the the effect this has on Aang. And it's like she snaps back into regular Katara. And, and it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost like like an addictive, like addiction kind of, like taking taking somebody's even appearance and Perfect. changing it. Perfect. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And Aang, after she snaps, she sees Aang and like, we don't see him get emotional like this often, but he, like he has a quivering lip mm-hmm. and he's like, he looks scared and hurt. Yeah. Like <clears throat> she, she dug into him and she knew the exact way to do it. And I will say, uh, you don't have kids, Annie, but as a parent, I know that look. Cause there's, Aww. there are these, there are these moments where you get frustrated, especially when your kids are little, you get frustrated and you say something and you, you see your kids change and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Right. Like, and that's, it's the worst feeling in the world, mm. right? And like, you, and, and Katara, we talk about Katara as a, a parental figure, as a mother figure. That's, ex- I mean, that is a perfect example of that moment and that feeling. Yeah. And we see her snap right into apologizing. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. It won't happen again. I mean, this sounds like an abusive relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know why I did that. I'll never do it again. Right. I mean, that's, that's the effect. I mean, you talk about addiction, right? That's the effect of this scroll already on her yeah um and then she says here it is it's yours i don't want to have anything to do with it anymore yeah she's like i'm not gonna look at it so is she quitting cold turkey if we're keeping this i mean like this is this is addiction this is that is the perfect way to think about this and then uh sokka's like what about momo he's the real victim here right and (laughs) she says no more apologies yeah which is she did go apologize to momo but like sokka too and then yeah yeah she's like no more yeah yeah which is really interesting i just Mm -hmm. i feel like this is such an interesting like study on the human condition through the person of katara yep uh so we cut back to zuko and the pirates now sailing up river and uh the pirate king or pirate captain says shouldn't we stop and search the woods (laughs) and here remember we've already seen zuko as a great tracker Mm -hmm. right when he was tracking iroh and he says they stole a water branding school, right? They're going to be on the water. Yeah, which, which is, is like really smart. Genius. Yeah. yeah, because if you if you take the time to search everything, you'll never find them. He's like, let's let's actually use our brains to sort of break this yeah. down. For how much time Iroh wastes, Zuko seems to get things on board pretty quick. I kind of love competent Zuko. Like yeah. when he like I don't he's a terrible person in lots of ways, and but there is just sort of like. He, when he's running things, it's like, yeah, like, you know what you're doing, yeah. you know? And I think it's because he's been underestimated his whole life. Yeah. And he got kicked out. Of, he got banished at like 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had to grow up. So grow now up. we cut back to our hero's camp um, at night and we see Katara lying oh, awake. Kind of creepy. Like everyone else is sleeping and she's just laying Like open. Gollum, right? I mean, like, like the this is... Again, this is a Lord of the Rings scene where, where you know, where you would have Frodo and Sam sleeping and Gollum is just sort of awake obsessing, mm-hmm. right? And what does she do? 
She gets up. She goes over to Sokka's bag and takes the scroll out. Yeah, the one that she said she'd never look at again. Right. And this this actually reminded me of in uh, in the Two Towers uh, from Lord of the Rings. There's the scene when they when um, after Pippin discovers the Palantir. Yeah. Right. And and Gandalf takes it and, and covers it up, and we see Pippin at night. Yep. Obsessing on it, and he gets up and sneaks out. And and, and, and takes it, it right, yeah. and, right, and and because he's been, he, this thing has a hold on him, right, right, and it's like so. Th- this this scene reminded me of that as well, right? That there is just these objects that have a hold on us, yeah. And that in that scene, it ushers in something really terrible mm-hmm. for the Lord of the Rings crew, <laughs> right? And and what's interesting is in in the two towers, at least in the movie, Mary catches Pippin and is like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Just go back to sleep." And in this, Momo catches her. Yeah. And sh- and what does she say to him? Just go back to sleep. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's it is a nice sort of mirror of that scene. So then we cut to uh, Katara on the river at night practicing the water whip, and she's frustrated. Uh, and then she hears she's like talking to herself, and it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Talking to herself, yeah. like Gollum, right? I mean, like, like this is obsessive. Yes, um, I, I think I'm overplaying that, but but it really it was like the major thing that jumped yeah, out at no, me. No, I didn't notice it at first either till you till you mentioned it to mm-hmm. me, and then I I couldn't stop seeing it. But that's also the addiction. That's also all of you know all mm-hmm. of these things. Um, and we cut to Zuko and the pirate captain, and they can hear her, mm-hmm. right? And this is a sign that Zuko knew what he was doing. Yep, let's go by the water. Uh, so she hears the the ship and then sort of kind of gets behind the, the trees and can kind of um, – is spying on the ship. Right. And she's grabbed by a pirate. Yep. I guess. Yeah, yep. one of the pirates. Uh, uh, but she's able to bend the water. At the, one of the tricks I think that she was showing Aang, or the water mm-hmm. whip maybe. Well, no, the water whip's the one she's trying to learn. This is the – Oh, yeah. Streaming the water. Yes, that's right. And she's able to smack him. She runs away. But then... uh, and I want to point out how cool this move is. Okay. Because as a waterbender, the weapon she wears is essentially like a canteen with water. Yeah. And she like pulls the water out, hits him with it, and then pulls it back into the canteen. Yeah. So it's she so still cool. has it. Yeah. It's really yeah. great. It's like no water is wasted in that move. It's, it's genius. It's super cool. So she does that. Um. And she starts to run away and runs right into Zuko. Yeah. And he says in this very creepy kind of way, I can save you from the pirates. Yeah, it's super creepy. And like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm reading into it. almost seemed like like a meat cute or something. Like she runs right up to thing. And it was, I was almost like, oh, <laughs> what? Like, yeah, Are you going to start shipping Zuko and, yeah, and Katara right. at this point? Like, <laughs> What are we supposed to think about this? Yeah. But it was eerie what he said. Yeah. And it, it, you're, it definitely had, I mean, meat cute. I know what you mean. Like that's like, it definitely had this scene for movie. Like he was here to rescue her, except yeah. we know who he is and she knows who he is and he knows who he is. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely was like shot like that. And yeah. Delivered she's like that. running. And then you, we don't see him until she runs right up to him and like is in his face but so then we see uh it must be a uh, commercial break there (laughs) because then we cut back to just a little bit later in that same scene so we have katara tied up to a tree yeah Yeah. Uh, they they get tied up to trees a lot in this like you know like that happens what they got (laughs) yeah Yeah. um uh and zuko is questioning her about ang's whereabouts trying yeah and And he's he's like bargaining with her mm -hmm. right he says Tell me uh, where he is, and I won't hurt you and your brother. Right. And then I, I, I just, this is like um, 
Zuko the negotiator, or almost like the attorney. It was kind of suave. Yeah, yeah. He says, try to understand. He's he's almost being vulnerable here. He's like, try to understand. Yeah. I need to capture him to restore something I've lost, my honor. Perhaps in exchange, I can restore something you've lost. Like it, yeah. And he, and he reveals the the necklace, mm-hmm. her mother's necklace, and it it's gross of him, but at the same time, it felt kind of gentle. Yeah, a little bit. Well, it it goes back to like the weird like quasi romantic vibes from the scene before, yeah. where because even the way he like kind of puts the necklace around her neck for a second. And he was like walking behind her and speaking like in her ears. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, uh, and, and this is going to come up in, in the next episode. We're going to talk a lot about charisma. Mm-hmm. And like this is Zuko trying to lay on the charisma that he has into in this moment. Because this is not the, the fire-breathing Zuko, which we've seen and she's seen. Yeah. But this is like Zuko trying to say... All right, I'm going to try to manipulate this situation. Mm-hmm. It's creepy, but it's it's really interesting to see that he has this in his uh, villain's toolkit as well. Yeah, totally. Um, but also, also, like I said, I think it's vulnerable that he's basically telling her this is about my honor, mm-hmm. like, and I've lost my honor, and I, like, he doesn't need to say that. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, she says, "How did you get that?" And 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 again, this is great, Attorney Zuko. He says. I didn't steal it, if that's what you're wondering. Right. Because he knows she stole what she has. Right. It's really, yeah. It's it's pretty damning for Katara, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then uh, the pirates demand the scroll from Zuko. Uh, and he starts to think, like, man, you guys are really obsessed with this. And he's like, if I give you this scroll, how do I know you're going to continue to help me get what I want? Mm-hmm. So he says, I wonder how much this is worth. And he's like, holds it up and like holds fire in his hand underneath yeah. it and you know basically threatens to burn it he says now you help me find what i want and you'll get this back and everyone goes home happy he is balancing a lot of negotiations <laughs> yeah but with great aplomb so yeah, far like, right he's doing well yeah again this is this is like competent zuko at least for a while here he's yeah. he's he is this is the most in charge i feel like we've seen him of people who aren't minions to him mhm yeah um, so then we cut to morning by the lake and we see Sokka wake up to find Katara and the scroll missing. Yeah. And he just names what's happening yeah, here. Yeah, she's obsessed with that thing. It's just a matter of time before she gets us all into deep yeah. trouble is what he's going to say. And they're already in it. Yeah. Right. So we see the pirates attack. They ambush them and they take Aang. Yes, and Aang tries to airbend at them and it didn't work. So I was like, "Are you still sleepy? <laughs> like, yeah. You just woke up, right?" Like <laughs> it is sort of funny because because now and this is also another thing that that I find interesting to track throughout this show, but in the, within this episode is we see people confront benders with just weapons. Yeah, and some of them kind of are holding their own, right? So they're they just have these like kind of net gun things that they shoot. Yeah, uh, but. Aang isn't able to get out of that and Aang can defeat Boomy. Like it's 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 kind of interesting. So yeah, I don't know if if it really is like the element of surprise that strongly. Mm-hmm. Um so they take Aang off and <laughs> Sokka's like, oh what? So I'm not good enough to get to kidnap? And then all of a sudden you see a net come and grab. Him I just too. imagine one of them just like throwing it over their shoulder and being like, sure, <laughs> we'll get you. But it is it it does also speak to the thing we talked about earlier, where Sokka's like 
he feels left out. Like he's not, uh, he's not a chosen one like Katara. He's, I, he or, wasn't or even. Aang. The pirates didn't say anything about him. They said the waterbending girl, and they said the the bald monk. Right, like right. he's not even in that equation. Yeah, not worth not worth notice. Yeah, yeah. So again, I, I sort of feel for him uh, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have this meeting by the river, and Zuko has Katara in the scroll. The pirates have Aang and Sokka, mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a great line. Yes, you want coming up? Uh, I'll play. I'll play Katara and Ang. You can you can deliver the great line. Okay. Oh my god, I love okay. it. Okay. So Katara says, "Ang, this is all my fault." And Ang, as a good friend, says, "No, Katara, it isn't." And then Iroh goes, "Yeah, it kind of is." Yeah. <laughs> it's like over the shoulder, like eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's watching a movie and commenting on it. It's like. <laughs> it's all a game to Iroh, though. Yeah. The whole thing is ju- he just finds joy in it. He just like, think it's funny. And I will say that in this episode, the voice actor who does Iroh, like, he's not just saying the lines. Like, like there's the the tone and delivery is so perfect. Yeah. That guy's amazing. Like, he's like, killing it. He's, because cause it, it almost stands out because I think sometimes I feel like some of the voice acting, they are sort of, it's like they're not, they're fine. Yeah. But like that guy is kind of exceptional and he stands out. Yeah. He says so much without, with just delivering a line. Like, mm-hmm. in, yeah. And, and the it, way he will say a particular word in the sentence that makes it feel lived in as mm. opposed to, I am just enunciating all the words in this sentence. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Every line he makes me question, like, is there deeper meaning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Zuko and the pirates are kind of in a staring contest over who's going to hand over their prizes first, Aang or the scroll. Right. And then Sokka has a plan. Oh, go through this. Yes. So, um, well, let's see. So he says, you're really going to hand over the avatar for a stupid piece of parchment. And then Zuko's like, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Um, He's just trying to pit us against each other. Right. Which is exactly what Zuko's trying to, or what uh, Sokka's Sokka's trying trying to to do. do. Yeah. And the pirates are like, oh my gosh, wait, that's the avatar. Um. And then Sokka's like, I'm sure he's going to, I'm sure he'd go for a great price on the black market. So he's like trying to bargain <laughs> with the pirates using his friend, using yeah. the avatar. And 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 Zuko, uh, I know you're always interested in class here. He says, shut up or, sh- or shut your mouth, you water bend, your water tribe peasant. Yeah. Right. So we're seeing Zuko, the fire, the fire uh, nation no- prince. noble prince, yeah. right? And looking at Sokka as a peasant. So again, yet another person pointing out Sokka is not worth noticing. I know, it's so sad. Like for as much as Sokka is frustrating because of his insecurities, it makes sense, you know. Like, yeah. With, without yeah, all this. Um, and so, um, even, and then Aang even- is like. <laughs> Yeah, please, please don't. Like, yeah. I would prefer not to be sold. <laughs> yeah. So what's interesting, though, is is Aang is not tracking what Sokka's doing. And to go back to another Tolkien piece here, right? What what This reminds me so much of in The Hobbit when mm. um, Bilbo has been captured by the trolls and they're talking about how they're going to how they're going to eat him and he gets them to argue with each other about how they're going to prepare him and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's, he's just sort of waiting he's, out morning. Yeah. Riling it up. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, so, you know, that, that's a, uh, that's a, a great move of like, okay, yes. Can I, because there's tension between you already, can I leverage that tension yeah. to maybe uh, find a way out of this? I like savvy Sokka. Yeah. Um, and then, so he's still still trying to convince him, and he's like, "I'm just saying, it's a bad it's bad business sense to just imagine how much the Fire Lord would pay for the Avatar. You guys would be set for life." So he is so much digging at um at Zuko there. 
Because it's not just, yeah, you could sell this, but it's like, what if you brought this to the fire oh, lord? And Zuko doesn't have his honor. In fact, it's it's even less honorable that a group of pirates could do that. Absolutely. Right? So the pirates say, well, keep the scroll. We'll buy a hundred with the reward we get for the kid. And he says, you'll regret breaking this deal with me. And then a major fight breaks out between the fire soldiers and the pirates. Yeah. And the, again, like the pirates are holding their own. Yeah. And so it starts with, with the... Um, I'm just calling him the Carnival Barker Pirate because I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah. He starts by like throwing these rocks and I'm like, what is that? But it turns out they're like smoke bombs. Like yeah. the pirates. So they're they're literally creating the fog of war mm. to kind of even the playing field in this battle because- It's genius. Yeah. Because we already know Zuko, how powerful Zuko and Iroh are. I mean, we've seen them take out, you know, uh, f- uh, f- take out those- uh, Earth Nation soldiers last uh, last week, right? So, um, so this this sort of uh, evens yeah. the field. I mean, here a I'm assuming bit. these aren't the first benders that these pirates have fought to right, get things. Right. <laughs> um, so this major fight breaks out. Um, we see in this sort of fog of war, we see Momo sneak in and untie Katara. Yeah, and she's grateful, and she's like, I owe you a bushel of apples. I'm like, yes, you do. Actually, everyone owes Momo that much. That's right. And then we see Zuko put the scroll into his belt as he's dueling the pirate captain, um, who manages to hold his own, even though he just has a sword, and Zuko is this like crazy powerful firebender. Yeah. So it makes me wonder about, are there other people like this pirate captain? Like, like we're so obsessed with benders in this, because they seem like the most powerful people, but are there other things that can, you know, uh, can hold their own with, yeah. with the bending power? You know, and it's so, actually, this sort of reminds me of Star Wars a little bit, where it's like, you know, you have the people who who use the force and lightsabers, the Jedi folks, and then you have just people with like big guns. Yes. It's like actually those are powerful too. Right, right. Um, um so then then what we see this whole uh thing sort of break out with the scroll, right? So oh, we yeah. see that one of the pirates I don't know, uses some sort of hook rope thing to grab the scroll, but then we see Momo come in and intercept it, and then he's getting chased by the reptile parrot right thing so so that it almost seemed like a pirates of the caribbean kind of scene too yes. like where they're oh, i can't remember what it was the object that they were that they were passing between them but it's like uh, it keeps moving from one side to the next side yep yeah you see this th- this is this is a very common like action scene thing when there mm-hmm. is uh, you know uh some sort of macguffin or something that everybody's trying to get their hands on uh and then we see it drop back into the cloud of the battle so we don't know what happens to the scroll mm-hmm then we see uh, Sokka, who's still bound at the hands, trying to crawl away through the fog of the battle, and he finds a knife and cuts the ropes. Now, this is a direct <laughs> quote of a scene from The Two Towers. I saw that one. Yeah. I did see that one. I mean, even the way that he's using the knife with his hands tied together to cut himself free, this is very much like when when um, Pippin and Mary are escaping from the orcs. Again, a scene where you get the 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 people who have them captive fighting with each other. Yes. And this creates the opportunity for them to sneak True. away. True. Yeah. They right. go off and they yeah and uh and they cut open or they cut their their bounds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. On on the sword that just happens to or an axe or something that just happens to be on the ground from the battle. So that's right. Yeah. So I mean this one was so directly a quote from there that I I, I guarantee the film the the creators the yeah. animators were like oh yeah we're gonna do a little Lord of the Rings moment here because it, it definitely has that I love that they that do looks that. to it yeah 
uh, we see Aang and Sokka looking for each other in the in the smoke. And there's this great moment where Aang sort of airbends the smoke away because he's like, here I am. And he realizes he's surrounded by pirates. Like, this smoke is actually helpful. <laughs> right. So then he like bends it back. So the smoke comes back. And it's this very like Looney Tunes moment, you know, where, mm-hmm. where it's like everything kind of freezes for a second for the joke. Yes. And then it's like, okay, and then we're back. I loved it. Yeah. Um. So they f- they find each other and run away from the battle, and they find Katara by the pirate ship, and she's trying to push the ship into the like, river. Really, Katara? Why are you trying to do that on your own? You know what, though? It's so futile. There's plenty of things like that. Like, once water's involved, like, with, because boats are heavy, but you always think, like, I'm going to give it a shot because maybe actually there's a lot more water involved here, and I could. Because yeah. once the boat's in the water, like... Maybe not a ship that big, but other boats, which you would never be able to move, if it, if they're floating in the water, you can move them with one hand. Yeah. So she's it's worth the shot. Yeah, I suppose. And Sokka's like, you'd need a team of rhinos to budge this ship, um, which is what which is what uh, Zuko has often. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> right. Uh, and Aang says a team of rhinos or two waterbenders. And then he he and Katara exchange this, and for the next like last five minutes of this of this episode it's like those two are having these little moments of like mutual understanding of like like kind of cheesy and you can just imagine like they might as well water whip high fives right exactly (laughs) right (laughs) like i almost expect Sokka to be like go get a room you know right (laughs) right so so they do the first move that katara taught him which is the push and pull Right, and they push and pull the water so they can get the enough water under the ship to push it off, mm-hmm. and then they sail away on the ship. So then we cut back to Zuko and the captain, and they're still fighting, and we see Iroh get between them again. Iroh's not fighting, and we saw this before where people are fighting, and then Iroh can just sort of step in and stop everyone because yeah. he's so powerful, but right. we never see him use it. Um, and he says, are you so busy fighting? You cannot see your own ship has set sail. Again, great delivery from the voice actor. Right. And Zuko says, we have no time for your proverbs, uncle. And he says, it's not a proverb. And And then they cut to see the pirate ship sailing away. It's so good. I think that's another, like, creators are having a fun joke with the audience, right? Because we're always, I mean, we're trained to try to think about Iroh's the meaning behind Iroh's words. Right. And we see we see Zuko laughing at the Pirate King who's irate that his ship is going away. And then <laughs> we see um we see the that the pirates have taken Zuko's ship. Right. Right. And then Zuko's like, oh no, <laughs> like like that that's my ship now. It's not funny anymore. And then as they run off, um Iroh says uh, maybe it should be a proverb, which is just great. It's just like he's still thinking about the conversation they're having, not everything else that's happening right, around them. Right. And it actually is a pretty good proverb. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I'm, I, I may, like went back and listened to it again. I may try like, to use oh. that in class at some point. <laughs> nice. Please do. Um, so on the pirate ship, uh, we see that we look back and we see that the the Zuko ship, which has the pirates on it, are gaining on them. Right. And we see the pirates board the ship. Now this is this next scene is great because the pirates kind of come up to Katara and in the background you see Aang standing up like a a, a whole floor up on top of the cabin of the ship mm. and it's in the background and you see him pull this big wave over the ship Katara because oh, yeah. Katara can't see him but Aang's up there and he pulls this big wave over that throws two of the pirates off the ship. Yeah. So then Katara just has one pirate there and then a big puddle from that wave. And what does she do? She uh, uses, does she use the water whip? She does. Yeah. 
and it's successful. She yeah. does it. She water whips the guy, and he and, and he I, falls off. Yeah, I kind of love that. Like, Aang got the other two, but she she got to do it too. Yes, and 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 this this is another like water bending high five. Then because <laughs> Aang's like, nice, you did it. Yeah, and they have a little shared moment. Right. And Sokka's like, will you two quit congratulating each other and just help me out? Like, he's <laughs> grappling with these. Yeah, like, <laughs> it is. They he. I mean, it looks like high school wrestling. <laughs> it does, it does, and there, it's like almost comedic too. Like they have, they have shots of him like being thrown on things and like just his body like flailing around. Right, uh, and then we we cut to Momo being chased by the reptile p- parrot bird thing. Okay, can I just can we have a Momo appreciation moment? Sure. I know we have this a lot, Momo moments, but. Momo and the reptile bird. The reptile bird is like a parrot, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And it is literally parroting everything that Momo's doing. Every move, you see, like, they're flying over the water. Uh, Momo dips one of his wings down. He looks back. So does the reptile bird. So, like, this reptile bird's mimicking him. So he uses that against him and is able to fly around and, like, trap the reptile bird in a flag. Yeah, it gets him to basically wrap it's himself so up. so smart. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Momo, what? It's also a cool, like, like dogfight scene. Like, yeah. Like, it's, it looks like a, like you're seeing airplanes in, you know, in battle. Yeah, it's yeah. super cool and uh, well played by Momo. <laughs> uh, and then we cut back to Sokka getting beat up by the pirates. And there is a great joke in this. Did you, did you catch the joke here? No, wait, what? So one of the pirates picks Sokka up and throws him against the sails. Yes. And the other one's like... That's nice. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like like, like I, the delivery on that is so funny. It, like, it must have been really subtle. It was, I it's subtle and kind of quiet in the scene. I watched it with headphones, so I heard it. Oh, I want to rewatch. You need to go back and just watch that because I almost fell off my chair because it's just like a. It's like he's um, critiquing the form of the other guy. He's like, "That was a nice throw. <laughs> you so did, sad you that did just really well." Using Sokka, <laughs> Sokka's body as like a, <laughs> congratulating each other. Oh, amazing! So we, so we see Aang jump up uh, and airbend one of them away, um, and then uh, <clears throat> Katara points out that they're about to go over the waterfall. Right. And as Aang's listening to Katara, this pirate pulls his knife out and is coming up behind Aang with with his knife. Um, and we see Aang turns and looks at him and blows the bison whistle. Which is just like such a classic airbender move. to Because, I mean, we we heard Boomy say like evade, right? Like that's mm-hmm. all they do. And that's him. Like he's presented with this person. He could airbend sure. him off the ship. We've seen him do it. Right. And like that would kill the person, right? But instead he blows on a whistle. And the guy just sort of stares at him. Yeah. Which provides enough time for Sokka to come in. Right. And kick him off the ship. Just right. Just like physically kick him off the ship. So we, we get this sort of hero moment for Sokka, finally. Yes. Who, you know, who's Proves been, his worth. Who's been put down all episode, you know, so he gets to do that. Um, and then uh, Katara tells Aang that if they push and pull the water together, they can stop the boat from going over the waterfall. And they do manage to stop the ship. They, mm-hmm. they, they do manage to create like these like double whirlpools right. with what they're pulling. And it's holding the ship up from falling off the waterfall. But Sokka says, uh, we have another problem. And that is that the pirate ship is about to ram into them, right? Mm-hmm. And it hits them and it sort of tips the, sh- the boat over. And they have no choice but to jump. They have no choice but to jump and they're falling down the waterfall. So they're clearly dead now, right? Right. Except, Except Millennium Falcon. Yes, we get Millennium Appa once again. <laughs> you know, and I've started to think about like, you know, I've been saying Appa's like the Falcon. And actually, I think what Appa is, is if you could combine the Falcon and Chewbacca. Oh, That's yeah. what Appa is. Because he, he also like, 
he speaks and people understand him, but yeah. we don't ever get to hear what he says. Kind of like he actually is like if if Chewbacca became the Falcon, like was both the right. ship and the person flying the ship. And both are so valuable mm-hmm. and valuable for morale, too. Absolutely. Because there is nobody who dislikes who, who dislikes Chewbacca. No. I mean, they might make fun of like him as a big shaggy walking carpet. And I feel like you get Sokka making some, like there's sort of jokes about that a little bit, but but even Sokka's in there cleaning his toes. So, and okay, here's a question. Oh my goodness. It's a question about Star Wars. I'm, this is, <laughs> it's not my strength that I'm playing into here. Is Chewbacca the only of his species? Uh, no. If you oh. go to uh, Kashyyyk, his, uh, the planet he's from, there are other Wookiees there. Oh, okay. uh, if you watch the Star Wars holiday special, it takes place on Kashyyyk. That's right. In his home, in like yeah. this weird 1950s style. <laughs> Once we finish Avatar The Last Airbender, we should just do a one-off show on the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> no. <laughs> or spend the rest of our lives talking about that. <laughs> Um, so you felt bad about asking that question. I feel super nerdy the way I answered it. Hey, I knew the reference. So. All right. Uh, oh, so we, we Aang... get up to the – oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No. And so so then Aang realizes like the, the bison whistle worked. Like that was actually a good investment, I guess, of one of their copper pieces. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And um, and Sokka says to Appa, you know, we owe you one. And here we get just a big grunt out of Appa. It's like – They yep, owe him so much. I'm keeping track. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got a ledger and he's keeping track of You're going to have to clean my toes a lot more. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so then we cut back to the top of the cliff and we see Zuko and Iroh. And Zuko's just like, my boat, kind of like the My Cabbages. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. Um, and Iroh says, Prince Zuko, you're really going to get a kick out of this. That lotus tile was in my sleeve the whole time. Yeah. And Zuko takes the lotus tile, throws it off. I mean, it, does he throw it off the yeah. the waterfall? Yep. And it like hits one of the, or lands next to one of the pirates. It plunks him in the head, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is funny because like the whole point of coming to this place was to get a lotus tile. It's like, oh, I have it. And then they got rid of it. So you know what they're going to have to do is stop and get another lotus tile at some point. <laughs> Find it in the river or something. Right. It's, it's sort of like the person who gets angry and breaks something that belongs to them. And yes. it's like, okay, what have you just accomplished? Yeah, like you made things worse for yourself. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so then the episode ends with them flying away on Appa. Uh, Katara says, Aang, I still owe you an apology. You were just so good at waterbending without really trying. I got so competitive that I put us all in danger. I'm sorry. And he, she says, besides, who needs that stupid water scroll anyway? Right. So we really see her coming to terms with, it's like she watched the episode too and was like, okay, I I now yeah. know that I have this in me, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's, that's a problem. And like maybe without it there, she saw what she was like. You right. Know, she reflected a little bit. And when she says, who needs a water scroll anyway, we, we cut to Sokka who says, is that really how you feel? And we see that he's holding up the scroll. And she, like, tries to snatch for it. <laughs> yep, yep. And he says, first, tell us what you learned. Which I love. And she says that stealing is wrong. And she grabs the scroll unless you steal from pirates. So good. Yeah. Um, so what are the what are, we talk a lot about themes in this episode. But what are the what are the big themes or what have we learned in this episode? Hmm. Man, I what I like time, my timeline. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and that's a big one because that is going to tell us, okay, we have 10 episodes left in this season. Yep. And we're probably not going to get to the Water Kingdom soon. Um, I What I loved about this is that we got to, this was a Katara episode mm-hmm. 
without it being, I mean, which is very different than the last Katara centric episode we had, which was Imprisoned, where we saw, it's kind of great. It's like we saw Katara on her best day in Imprisoned. Right. She was kind of the underdog that people weren't listening to. And she literally starts a revolution, right? Yeah. She she shows her value to the war to come, mm-hmm. right? Because she can she can rouse and motivate all of these all these people who are dejected and down, right? So we see that in this episode, we get to see another aspect of her, which is which I really like. We, we see her, um, man. Without to get too theological, like we see her fallenness here. Yeah. Um, we see that even if we think of her as she is the mother figure. She is the figure of hope. She is the responsible one. She, you know, I, I would argue, I, I still think this might be her story. Mm. Um, but we see that she has She's this human. darkness in her. Yeah. yeah. She has sinfulness in her. Yeah. You know, and I actually think, um, I mean, you commented in your notes how, like, you kind of don't like Katara in this episode. No, but I like that I can have an episode where I don't like her. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, it, which also makes me think, um, and I think both these ep- the episodes 9 and 10. Um, show the places that this show is willing to go, even as a show for children. I mean, it's a Nickelodeon show, and it's like, wow, we're going to have something which is getting to the core of human fallenness, which is getting to the core of kind of ab- addiction and obsession, yeah, and not uh, not from periphery characters. You can see something like this often, and it's like, oh yeah, they encounter this person who is struggling with this, and they have to their their lives are affected by it, right? But this is literally the the point of view character of the show yeah dealing with it it yeah it makes it less of a black and white kind of issue absolutely fallenness or Mm -hmm. addiction and it's like oh that happens to this happened to somebody who's really good Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. who we really like and we she's like honorable and respectable right and not only does it happen to her does do we find this in her but she directs that towards Aang. Yeah. That her animosity is kind of towards Sokka, but that seems like a sibling. He's kind of picking on her. They pick on each other. Yeah. But she, her, her um, jealousy and frustration was focused on Aang, who is the, is the avatar, is the chosen, is the reason they're on this mission, right? Yeah. And she uh, was potentially compromising the mission that they were on, right? Comprom- you know, because she got caught up in this, which is, again, I think is just really, uh, really kind of gutsy for a show like this. Yeah, I mean, in the three Sokka and Katara and Aang and Momo and Appa, like it's we talk about how they're a family and they're really close. So like that, she's directing it at Aang not just because he's the Avatar, but like he is family and one of the, if not the most important person in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, I mean, I, I we, we talked about this scene already, but when she snaps at Aang and we see that, that mm. image of Aang, like, that's an image that haunts me. Like, like that feeling of, like, yeah. I I have the potential for this. Right. Um, in in, uh, in Antigone, the play Antigone, uh, there's the, the um, I think it's called, it's, it's called the Ode to Man is one of the speeches mm. the chorus gives. And uh, it, the, the, cor- the chorus... The, the first line is sort of it gets translated as what a uh, what a wonderful thing is man. But in Greek, the word is uh, basically humans are denos, which can mean like powerful or awesome. Like yeah. denos is yes. the same word as like dinosaur. Right. That's the that would be the, the, mm-hmm. the great lizard or the awesome lizard. And denos is, is this like 
powerful thing, but it's also this thing, but, but power can go in either direction, right? Yeah. So again, between imprisoned and this, we see Katara is Deinos, Yeah. but that can be manifest in lots of different ways. There's, yeah, in, in a little bit of like animal rights theory, there's the idea of like humans are distinct. I mean, beyond, beyond like theological beliefs, humans are distinct from animals because they have the ability to do extremes, mm-hmm. extreme good, extreme bad. <laughs> and like they can, we can, our ability, our potential to do these extremes has lasting impacts on our planet and, and on our ecosystems, on ourselves. And like, yeah, I, I think that, that that kind of fits this idea. Wow. Right? Yeah. I loved this episode. I it thought it was episode. really interesting. And I think someone could watch it and think it's a filler, but it's really not. Yeah, because the plot isn't really forwarded, although I do think there there's some groundwork being laid for some things. But but I but I think this is a character study. Yeah. Uh in, in lots and lots of ways. And I and you know, we're 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 wrapping this up and we're gonna move into uh to episode ten in the feed right after this. And I think uh I would say almost the exact same thing for the next episode. You could take them out and I'm sure the plot would still make sense and would still work. But I think these are two episodes, which I like that we have them paired together, which raise really, really big, important questions. Andy, that's all the time we have. Thank you for uh, joining us on this journey through Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, episode nine. Um, We will be right back in your feed uh, within minutes (laughs) with our next episode, uh, which is episode 10. Uh, Stay with us.